uniting thousands to worship one. This is United Breaks Out. Hello and welcome to Sunday's New Wine FM Breaks Out podcast. Coming up in today's programme, we hear from Ruth from the Faraday Institute and her work in encouraging the connection between science and Christianity. And we've caught up with some more Uniters holding their own New Wine events within their local churches. United 21 on New Wine FM. First we hear from Duncan Reed from Wonderborn Studios. They've created the kids' content for United Breaks Out 21. I'm joined by Duncan Reed from Wonderborn, a television production company that makes a wide range of family and children's entertainment. Duncan, thanks for joining me. I wonder if you could start by telling me what you do with Wonderborn and um, where you are as far as the size of company. So hey Gary, yes, uh, I'm Duncan and I um, work at Wonderborn as head of the communities and platforms part of our business where we are able to communicate all that we do with the wider world. Um, we're a relatively small company but we're based uh, uh, here in, in the southwest in Bristol. We've also uh, have offices in Manchester and in Toronto as well. So um, yeah, well, well spread there. I think with um, with with your locations. So tell me a little bit about um, the sort of productions that you output at the moment. Um, both, I think you work both in terms of output for uh, broadcast and also output for uh, for the church for um, you know a Christian audience, if you like. Absolutely. So um, Wonderborn as a company, we were founded about four years ago um, with the kind of uh, intention to inspire and awaken wonder across the generations. Um, and we we do that today by uh, creating family entertainment programs. Um, and we do that uh, kind of in mainstream broadcast as well as, as, as you say, uh, specifically for the church so um, we're really really fortunate that in the mainstream we're able to produce um, a few TV shows for um, CBBS and CBBC including the baby club uh, the baby club which is fronted by Giovanna Fletcher who you might recognize as having won I'm a celebrity get me out of here last year so we've got the, uh, the baby club we've also got Andy and the band which features the ubiquitous Andy Day who is kind of a Mr. CBBS uh, CBBS um, as well as a TV show called Treasure Champs, um, you know, and uh, we're, you know, really uh, fortunate to be able to create these shows uh, that, um, you know, really promote family values from a Christian perspective. Although they're not explicitly Christian programs, we know that they come from a Christian worldview. And at the same time, we actually produce content which is specifically for the church to be able to help young people to discover Jesus and families to discover God together. And, uh, you know, we've got brands, um, uh, The Little Worship Company, which uh, is, a you know, a wonderful brand for the, uh, you know, for naught to five year olds where, um, you know, parents and their kids can l- learn about Jesus through song and story and craft. Um, and we also have uh, God Rocks, which is uh, which is an American uh, show that we produce, which is um, you know mostly animated and again very music based. Uh, and, um, has been leading uh, you know young people to discover Jesus for you know for you know for a good ten years now. So quite a range of content there. Um, what do you do? How do you 
um, manage, particularly with your broadcast content, I guess? How do you manage to, as you said, be able to um, put, um, you know, sort of Christian values into that without saying that they're Christian, but actually not have um, any tension there with where, you know, broadcasters may want a slightly sort of wider values um, remit perhaps to cover things that we might feel, um, you know, slightly uncomfortable about perhaps um, from a Christian perspective? Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. It's a balance. It's always going to be a balance for us. Um, but we, uh, um, you know, we feel we, you know, we, we're, we're able to walk that uh, fine line uh, fairly well. And I think that, um, you know, for us, um, we, we would rather this pro, you know, that, you know, that, that we're there able to make these programs and they're able to communicate um, allegorically through story. Um, and just through the way we communicate, um, you know, you know, things of the character of God. Um, but it is a, but it is a, you know, um, a, uh, you know, a, um, a balance that we have to strike. Um, and it's obviously something that you know, in our Christian programming, we're we're able to be far far more explicit about, um, you know, and uh, a lot of that programming we actually exhibit. Um, on uh on video on demand platforms around the world you know we you know uh throughout um throughout america throughout southeast asia south africa australia um india we you know we're we're able to communicate jesus um, um explicitly through that programming all around the world i think for us it's very much around um uh the philosophy that we have that actually kids and young people are uh, they, they naturally gravitate towards the character of Jesus. You know, um, in Matthew, Jesus actually says, you know, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them. Um, and, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about that is it wasn't, did, uh, I don't think Jesus had a problem getting little children to want to be with him. They just naturally saw something in in, in Jesus that was just so attractive. The problem was the adults were getting in the way. So I think that if you can, uh, if if you if you can reflect Christ likeness and the character of Jesus in your programming, whether that's explicitly or, or allegorically, young people are attracted to it. Um, I think uh, the pastor of my church actually, uh, um, before he went to university, he took a gap year out and uh, uh, it quite amazingly worked as a cowboy uh, on a, a cattle ranch in the middle of Australia. And his experience there kind of underpins what, uh, you know, um, a bit of the way that we like to, you know, um, to think about this. You know, when he got to this cattle ranch, he saw that, you know, um, uh, there were 5,000 head of cattle and, uh, you know, out back for hundreds of miles in every direction. But there weren't any fences on this farm. And his first question was, well, how do you stop your cows from just, you know, wandering off? And their answer was well it's easy um we just put a well in the middle and the thing that they knew is that for those cows they're always going to come back to the water of life that sustains them that gives you know the thing that the, um, that is life-giving and they need and you know that always struck me that how similar that is for us um as christians we always return to the character of jesus because that is what is life-giving that's the thing that sustains us um and uh you know and and and, and so it is for our, our young people if we're able to communicate Christ-likeness and Jesus' character, then actually we don't have to put these metaphorical fences of telling them what it's, um, you know, and, and try to hem them in because we can allow them to be drawn into the character of Jesus. Because there are fundamentally, you know, we believe that by the time a young person is 18, there are three things that we would want them to know. 
We want them to know without doubt that they are loved by God, that God loves them. There is nothing that they can do today um, or ever that will make God love them any more or any less than he does right now. Um, we want them to know the second thing we want to know that they are known by God, that God knows them. And he wants us to know, to know and be in a team with both him and each, um, and each other as the church. And thirdly, we want them to know that relationship with Jesus. And I think that comes through understanding who Jesus is and understanding his character. So I think that is the thing that underpins everything that we do, whether it's the mainstream or in the, um, the more explicitly Christian stuff. Those are the, um, that's the starting point for us. That's the foothold that we um, have as our foundation. That was really useful to, to hear a lot about that. And I love the um, uh, uh, analogy or the experience of, um, yeah, as you say, the... Um, the cattle ranch in the middle of Australia with uh, with no fences, but you know the cattle just stay where they are. I think that's a uh, a really interesting um, interesting thing to uh, to think about for all of us as as, as life goes on. So uh, you've got your current um, products, particularly for uh, the church environment. Um, you just or recently just released a, a new product, if I can call it that. Um, called Raise Up Faith. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so actually, um, so Raise Up Faith is this brand new platform that we have just launched. So what we've um, what, what we've been doing for the, you know, the last number of years is we've been, uh, you know, providing ways for families to discover God together um, through the week. But we also realised that, you know, as well as creating all this, uh, you know, ama- amazing multimedia content for families, we looked at... Um, kids ministry leaders and youth ministry leaders and kind of saw that the resources that were available to them um, potentially hadn't been innovated in the same way that we were innovating in um, you know uh, this content for families and we wanted to make sure that um, the experience that kids and young people and youth have on a Sunday um, kind of stands up to um, everything else that they're uh, um, you know that they're engaging with. I mean, actually, funnily enough, you know, so the average young person by the time they're 18, uh, they'll engage with about 35,000 hours in the media. They will uh, go to school for about 9,000 uh, hours. Two and a half thousand hours will be spent engaging or talking to their parents. And assuming they go to church week in week out from 0 to 18, they'll spend about 900 hours in church. So um, now those 900 hours are really massively important, but you know, just to give you a kind of, you know, that, that's basically four years spent in the media versus just over one month uh, in the church if you, if, if you kind of, you know, uh, add all that time together. So we, we want to make sure that the time that they spend in church is really valuable time where they're really able to engage, um, but also where, um, where they're receiving kind of, uh, and they've been communicated with in a way that they are used to being communicated with, um, which is, you know, more and more, you know, whether we like it or not, it's, it's dig- digital multimedia content. So we de- developed RaiseUpFaith.com, which is a brand new content and curriculum platform, multimedia Bible-based content curriculum platform. So how does Raise Up Faith work? It's, I mean, if you imagine, it's a bit like Disney Plus meets an e-learning platform. Um, it's there to resource youth and kids ministry leaders with a cutting-edge technology and uh, the best multimedia content um, uh, to um, to make sure that they can you know, most quickly and efficiently prepare the, um, the, uh, their uh, times on a Sunday morning. 
um, so that they can actually spend more time doing the thing which they really want to do, which is engaging with young people. It's basically, uh, you know, um, we're, you know, in creating raiseupfaith.com. It's, uh, you know, it, it's stopping the Saturday night, uh, you know, um, trawl through YouTube for the right video to, you know, to show the, you know, the uh, next morning. Because you come, you know, you come to the site, there are, uh, you know, literally thousands of pieces of individual content, all discoverable, all searchable. Um, uh, by you know loads of different uh, you know uh, categories and tags, um, and we've got hundreds of pre-built lessons, um, so you can come and uh, you know engage with a pre-built Sunday school lesson, really you know out of the box, ready to roll, or you can actually kind of you know take you know elements, you know kind of music videos or Bible story videos or crafts from different uh, you know from different lessons and different content curriculum brands and mash them together into your own lessons that's specifically made just for your young people uh, so that you get a really um, you know we we've uh, basically kind of made the site so it's as um, uh, as versatile as possible to meet every uh, every need out there. So with all that content on Raise Up Faith, how have you managed to pull that all together? Have you got a a team of people that have been doing those uh, Sunday school lesson plans, um, curating and researching that video content? Or have you been working with organisations and ministries that are already producing that content um, under their own banner? Uh, Gary, that's a great question. I think... uh um, the answer to that is all of that. Uh, it's um, we we've been in the uh, exceptionally busy team, so um, you know, uh, kind of curating and creating this content. So some of this content is content that we've produced ourselves. Uh, the likes of Little Worship Company, God Rocks, Treasure Champs, are brands which we um, which uh, which we produce and have created curriculum um, uh, uh, to. Um, uh, you know, you know, to partner with that um, with those brands. We're also um, working with the likes of Spring Harvest. Spring Harvest have got their uh, their big start uh, um, stream of content, which we've um, to bring that content to um, to raise up in a brand new um, digital uh, iteration. Um, and uh, and we and we similarly, you know, have partnered with other content uh, creators. Um, uh, uh, so um, sometimes they've um, they've uh, come with videos and we've appended their videos with brand new curriculum content. Um, so we we work with uh, the 60 second Bible stories, for example, um, uh, as well as um, we're working with um, uh, with uh, cheeky pandas. And um, we've also created a brand new youth curriculum with uh, with LZ7, the band, for, you know, the uh, Manchester band LZ7, where we've actually created a whole brand new stream of content and we're also partnering with new wine the kids uh, sessions that um, that are being featured at new wine are all after new wine this year are going to be available exclusively on raise up um, and we're also partnering to um, to, um, to bring a brand new new wine curriculum later in the year so the the answer to that really is it's um it's it's all of that and it's um we've just been exceptionally busy we've got a team you know behind the scenes who are feverishly you know chopping chunking and uh curating and uploading content all the time it's um it's been quite a massive undertaking but uh, uh hundreds of lessons and thousands of pieces of content later we've um you know a fantastic resource and the great thing about it is is that we're constantly adding to it gary so we've got 
new um, new curriculum which are on you know which are in the pipeline that are all coming down the track that we're going to be um, uh, uploading for you know the months and years to come. So how is Wonderborn partnering with New Wine this year for United Breaks Out and will that be moving forward into years to come as well? Yeah, so um, we, we're obviously really, really excited to be able to partner with New Wine. So RaiseUpFaith.com is, um, is the, uh, the headline sponsor of the kids stream of, um, of content that's coming at you these, um, these few days. We're really, really proud of that association and partnership where we've been able to, um, you, know, uh, you know, to work with the New Wine team. But we're not just leaving it at these, these few days in the summer, but, you know, for, you know, for the next, uh, you know, that, you know, for the coming months, we're um, partnering to create brand new, um, brand new exclusive content, which we're really, really excited about. You'll also find um, on uh, as part of the seminar program, we've got a um, uh, a seminar um, that you'll you'll be able to tune into, which I believe is on uh, the new new wine online platform. Uh, that seminar is called Junk Media and Your Kids Digital Diet, and it's uh, you know drawing on some of the uh, expertise we have um, within Raise Up and Wonderborn, um, just talking about uh, the content that um, that young people are consuming and helping parents and kids ministry leaders to make really informed choices about the kinds of content that um, that, they, that they recommend to young people. Not only that, but we've also got um, uh, if you go to RaiseUpFaith.com and hit on the free resources tab um coming next week we've got a brand new uh hints and tips guide that um that we produced in um partnership with uh the wonderful rick otto who is a new wine kids ministry lead so we're working a lot with new wine over the coming months and we're really excited about the partnership to see what we can do together to help uh, uh kids ministry leaders and families really discover god so, Duncan, have you seen um, a difference in how people have been engaging with your content um, over the last 12 months or so with the restrictions that have been placed on every aspect of life because of the pandemic? Or have you had to adapt some of what you're doing to be able to reach out into the situation we found ourselves in as, as people and as a country? When we came into uh, this whole uh uh, COVID scenario, um, uh, we were a, a very different company to the one we are now. So, um, I mean, for one thing, over the last 18 months, I think it's ex- exacerbated the transition more towards uh, digital consumption of media. So uh, I've got a background working in, in uh, music as well as film and TV, and the way people consume um, has really um, accelerated that move towards digital only and digital first and streaming. So, and, uh, you know, so... DVD, CD, a really declining format. So um, we've obviously had to um, uh, roll with that and work out um, uh, how as content producers we can carry on creating this high quality uh, content that we want to produce um, uh, and make it sustainable and profitable to be able to do that. I mean, because, you know, fundamentally at the end of the day, unless we're able to um, pay for what we create, we can't create it. Um, uh, but um, also, you know, that was actually one of the key drivers for us wanting to create uh, RaiseUpFaith.com was that actually um, with this move towards, uh, you know, um, much more diverse ways that we consume. I mean, you know, uh, what we envision um, or, or envisage 
is that um, you know churches are going to have a real blended uh, way that they engage with their congregations. That um, I don't think that all of a sudden online church is going to disappear. I think what we're going to find is that there will be in-person and on online running at the same time. And so therefore having content that is versatile enough to be able to be used in both of those situations at the same time is really important. And that's one of the reasons that we have created raiseupfaith.com is to be able to, um, you know, uh, resource churches with that kind of content. Um, I think, you know, seeing how uh, churches have uh, you know, at the beginning of the uh, of this, you know, the last eighteen months that we've, uh, you know, that we've all been been through, I was so inspired to see so many churches, uh, you know, really step up to the plate and um, uh, and uh, you know um, uh, put um, put on online church where they hadn't even, you know, I mean, a lot of these, you know, churches uh, hadn't even thought about it um uh before they you know before it was thrust upon them and they really really have done such an amazing job of um of uh of, of stepping into this brand new thing um and i think it's going to be here to stay and um and i don't think that's a bad thing so how can people how can churches um that want to take advantage um and engage with the content that you're making do so uh, yeah, it's really, really easy. With the likes of Little Worship Company and God Rocks, um, uh, you can find those those brands on on quite a lot of the uh, streaming services right now. Uh, but for RaiseUpFaith.com, actually, um, what we've got at the moment is um, if you come on to the platform, it's super easy to sign up. You can get a free trial, 14 days, just to see what we're about, just to see the breadth of content that we have on there. And that's what we'd really encourage people to do. First of all, go to www.raiseupfaith.com. Uh, you can sign up for our free newsletter there, actually, where, um, where you can keep up to date with everything that we've got going on. We have free hints, tips and resources and articles which we put out every week um, on that newsletter. But then, you know, just um, hit sign up to the free trial just to find out what it's all about and uh, see see what all the fuss is about and uh, and get your hands on all of that fantastic content for you and your church. That's what we're really hoping that people will do um, in the coming days and weeks. And what about social media? If people want to kind of keep up to date, keep an eye on sort of when you're releasing new material and that sort of thing, um, what about that? Absolutely. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, uh, you know, as uh, Raise Up Faith. So, yeah, come and get involved and, you know, do all of that liking and sharing and all of that good stuff. Um, so you can find us there too. Great. Now, finally, Duncan, um, we, we love to uh, ask our guests if there's any prayer needs that they have. What uh, could people pray for as uh, the weeks and months go on? So, um, yeah, can you share with us any um, prayer needs that uh, you as an organisation have at the moment and any particular um, kind of ongoing needs that people could also intercess on your behalf for. Uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate that, uh, you know, that, and that is something that we uh, we would never, ever shy away, you know, uh, really core to who we are. So I think for us um, uh, specifically uh, at the moment, uh, you know, um, we touched upon it earlier on around, you know, the amount of content we had on the site. I think um, we're we're a small team and uh, in the modern digital space in uh, in terms of digital marketing, there is just a huge amount of work that we have to do just to help people to get to hear about what we're uh, trying to resource them with. And I think that um, as a as a small team, I think it's very much 
you know any prayer around helping to keep us engaging with you know um with that stuff and keep us just able to um to to do the amount of stuff that we have to do to get that done that would be amazing and i think as a a wider company i thought you know um i mean it's very much we want to keep on being inspired to create inspiring content um you know and just encouragement in that i think is 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 definitely um you know you know would be key just you know pray that we um remain encouraged and um yeah i think that you know i think that would be the main stuff great duncan reed from wonderborn thank you so much for joining me and it's been great to chat to you and find out a little bit more about um you know what you're doing to really kind of anchor i guess um you know sort of children's faith and understanding about um about those sorts of things and um, yeah just want to say god bless you and thank you very much oh thanks gary really really appreciate it and yeah god bless you guys too and uh thank you for, for all that you're doing to communicate all that's going on with uh uh, new wine and unite breaks out so yeah thanks gary uniting thousands to worship one this is new wine as you are no doubt aware up and down the country new wine have gathered together a number of uniters who are working to recreate their own mini new wine events in their churches and communities we caught up with a couple of these uniters to find out what they've been doing I'm Wendy Ruffle. I'm a pioneer minister at a church called Celebrate, which is a church plant from Tewkesbury Abbey of some 10 years old. And we are based in Priors Park, which is part of Tewkesbury Abbey's parish. And we love it. It's an urban priority area. And yes, the noise you can hear in the background is uh, we've got a, a gathering in our church house garden and we've got a barbecue going on. I wanted to share how important new wine is to us normally as a church being an urban priority area we usually bring between 30 to 35 camping at new wine and for most of our families that's their only holiday in the year so it's hugely important to us to try and get as close as we can to having some fun with the lord together really what we've been doing is um, using the blessing of new wine virtual for us which is huge so we are actually meeting on zoom for the arena and we've scheduled our own calendar around the new wine timetable so that we meet at 11 o'clock and then seven o'clock in the evening all together on Zoom. Uh, so Thursday night was our first session, which was uh, fabulous. We met uh, in the arena together and uh, on Friday we did the same. And then in between we had a family walk and went to the pub together. Uh, Saturday we had a family picnic and a scavenger hunt uh, near one of our local rivers because in Tewkesbury it's beautiful which is fantastic. I oh, just love it when God surprises you so much. When we're in new wine in person we just give ourselves to the Lord and he works within us and often some of our folk just kind of wait till the very last night but it's this virtual stuff there's just no boundary for the Holy Spirit and I just love what he's been doing with us all. So Thursday night we went to um, the arena session together on Zoom and uh, after every session we have a time of prayer together and every single person present had a prophetic word over them words of encouragement from the lord hugely powerful and very exciting hi i'm paul i go to christchurch in abingdon which is a town about five six miles south of oxford uh, we're quite a large church we have about 500 on our electoral roll that includes a plant on one of our housing estates we have a cafe on site as well as part of our outreach to the community 
Well, we normally take 100 to 150 people to New Wine. And this weekend with New Wine, we've been having a whole set of things on, including using our cricket ground next to our church to camp on and have marquees on for children and youth. Each day, uh, we've been joining with the arena and impact venues for the adults. So we set up two venues, one like the arena and one like impact, so that people have the choice, just like they do in New Wine, and choose which stream they wanted to see. And for the kids' work and for the youth work with Luminosity, We've also been doing a lot of things to make the place feel like new wine. Uh, we've had wristbands made for people to wear to really feel part of new wine. And our cafe has even been putting on hot chocolate mountains because that's a, a key thing that some people wanted. We've got about 150 people on site at the moment. Half the people coming are people who don't normally come to new wine, which has been absolutely incredible. The spirit has really been moving. These sessions have been incredible, particularly Saturday evening with Francis Chan in Impact and Katia Adams in Arena. We really felt the spirit moving, and I know people were really touched by that. I heard of one person who actually felt, you know, answered a prayer in terms of giving up their job. It's been an amazing time. This is United Breaks Out. And if you or your church are holding special events across United Breaks Out, whether you are a uniter or not, we would love to hear from you. You can email us on newwinefm at gmail.com, find us on Twitter at newwinefm, or you can call our message line on 0300 302 3203. Luminosity this year is sponsored by Open Doors, a charity working with the persecuted church across the world. Yeah, so Open Doors are really excited, really pumped to be part of Luminosity this year. We love uh, what, what the team are doing in terms of just sharing amazing content, discipleship content with young people. And we think that's a really good fit with what Open Doors is all about. We're passionate about people, uh, Christians following Jesus wholeheartedly learning what it is to live out brave faith. I mean, it's, it's tough being a Christian in, in school and college and just really living for Jesus in a, in a culture that kind of seems so different. You know, oftentimes I feel like here in the UK, we're, we're, we're swimming against the tide, aren't we? And yet, actually, when we think about Christians around the world, those most persecuted for following Jesus, they are actually swimming against the torrent. So actually, I think there's so much that we can learn from our brothers and sisters around the world who are most persecuted. And it's gonna be exciting to share that with Luminosity. I know uh, the Open Doors youth team uh, are gonna be sharing some content, some seminars, looking at gender justice, and also uh, gonna be talking a bit more about this idea of brave faith and what it means to follow Jesus in hard times. And uh, that's gonna be great to kind of share that with Luminosity. Next, Gary Dell spoke to Ruth Bansevich from the Faraday Institute for Science and Religion. So I'm really pleased to be joined by Ruth Bansevich from the Faraday Institute of Science and Religion in Cambridge. Uh, Ruth, hello, thanks for joining us. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about your role with the Faraday Institute. Hi, Gary, it's great to be here. Yes, yeah, so I'm the Church Engagement Director. I have a background in science and I now work helping churches to think about science and faith, how they can include it in their mission and ministry in a fruitful way. And um, so that, that 
we do that in all different kinds of ways, giving advice, recommending speakers, recommending resources, um, just helping people to drip feed it into what they normally do. Now, I'm guessing like a number of things that um, the relationship um, and the interconnectivity between science and religion, people perhaps think is something fairly new. But actually, could you give me a little bit of the history of the Faraday Institute? Because I, I, I guess it isn't actually that new after all, is it? No, and, and certainly it, the history of the relationship between science and faith goes back to the, the early days of people doing natural science or natural philosophy, as they would have called it. I mean, the Faraday Institute was set up in 2006, um, but the individuals involved have been were uh, scientists who are sincere Christians who have been spent their lifetimes um, working, um, helping the, helping people to think about these things. But uh, we were set up uh, by a couple of members of one of the colleges in Cambridge who wanted to show their tribe, if you like, that you didn't have to choose between one of the other and also help the general public to have informed discussions about these things. So is the Institute these days, um, you know, if you like, an association for... Um, Christians that are involved in the sciences um, or is it really more a, um, a body that sits between um, you know sort of the public and academia to bridge that gap? Um, well, well first of all I would say there is an association for Christians who are involved in the sciences and that's called Christians in Science and I would recommend that you check them out but the Faraday Institute um, would do mainly two things. So one is academic research, interdisciplinary research. So, um, for example, we have a theologian who's using some social sciences techniques. Um, at the moment, we have um, uh, uh, our youth and schools team are also using some social sciences type techniques to, to look at how people think about science and faith. And we've had all sorts of people, psychologists, neuroscientists, um, Gosh, uh, somebody working on AI. We've had all sorts of people doing interdisciplinary academic projects. And then about the other half of what we do is helping the general public, creating spaces where people can think and discuss, running short courses, putting resources online. Um, my own work, I try to help people who haven't had lots of education um, and, uh, you know, the ordinary person, if you like, who's not at all academic, um, to think about these things in bite-sized chunks. So when you engage with, um, you know, members of the public or do um, the, the school's work that you've mentioned and run the courses, is there still an element of surprise that there can be a link between science and religion, science and faith, or is it becoming something that is, you know, slightly more accepted these days? I think it depends who you're talking to. Um, it still is, I have a friend who calls it a zombie argument. There still is the, the, the idea that science and faith are in conflict that keeps coming back um, again and again, although there are about 55% of biologists and physicists in this country believe in God um, of some kind, um, which is lower than the general population. So there is some work for the church you could do there, but um, it's a pretty high number. <laughs> um, so unless all those people are wrong, and that would be many thousands of people, um, and there is, um, it is possible to, to be both. I think often 
the the arguments or a sort of category error as if science and faith are two equal things that you have to you know you can't have them both in the same space but actually I would think of Christian faith as a worldview that overarches everything and science as an activity that you can do within that so looking at it from the other side what about um, ways you know you the Faraday Institute is there to um, if you like I, I guess bridge um, or approach faith f- from a scientific perspective what about um, the church in the sense of how can you know sort of Christians that don't have any um, science background or science interest actually approach um, the area of, of science to join things together from from that direction yes and I think it's very important um just to remember, you know, we're in a scientific society, we're all using, um, you know, things, pieces of technology and knowledge that's scientifically informed. Um, and, um, you know, we all have our different ways of enjoying creation around us, whether that's you like being outside um, and you might or you might be a gardener and know all the names of the plants and what kind of soil they like. You might be into cooking and know the behavior of different liquids and solids and mixtures of things when you put them together. Um, you know, we all use science in different ways and I don't think it should be a scary word. Um, so part of what I do is trying to encourage people um, that um you know this is just part of normal life um and you know just thinking about the wonder i mean that's part of what my seminar is about i think we're going to talk about that later on you know the wonder that we can enjoy as we find out a little bit more it's about i think in a sense we'll be doing this in the new heavens and the new earth um you know we'll we'll, we'll be exploring the world um, we won't be having debates about science and religion, I don't think, but I think we will be looking at the things around us and enjoying and saying thank you, God, um, for the beautiful things around us. Yeah, and and I guess, of course, that in, over the last 18 months uh, that... Um science uh, and you know the the medical and health side of that of course has been thrown into the spotlight because of the pandemic has the focus of the Faraday Institute and its role uh, had to adapt or change over that time because of that and because of um, the greater flow of information that there's been into the public sphere because of um, education required around um, COVID. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, like everyone, we've we've had to adapt. You know, we're still all uh, many of us working from home as a team. We haven't seen each other all together for eighteen months, and everybody's very tired. I think, like everyone, probably most people listening here. Um, but um, you know, in, in specifically uh, regarding our work, certainly one of the people, the the, the theologian I mentioned. Um, who who uses social science techniques to study. He studies the way people respond to um, what some people term natural disasters. Um, although a lot of the disaster part is caused by people um, uh, when a natural event happens. But he, he started to look at COVID and how people were responding to that. So that's a research project that swung into action. I started up a COVID response page where... Um, if we tried to put some things that would help people to think things through, linking resources that people around the world um, have been very actively producing. Um, and um, we moved all our, our events online um, as much as we could, our, our, our courses and things. Um, we moved online. So, um, But I think every church has been responding differently. I think 
there has been quite a lot of, in this country, very good information available um, from different sources. So we haven't always necessarily had to provide basic information on what COVID is and how to respond, um, although we have reassured people that to pay attention to the signs. Um, but um, yeah, I've, I've found very much that churches have been very busy just trying to make things work. Pastors are listening um, to this uh, um, and uh, because they um, yeah, have every sympathy for the huge challenges of shifting services online and um, looking after people, making sure people uh, still have a connection with the church. So um, my work with churches has become very much um, putting resources out there should people need them. Um, and just now beginning to get back in touch with churches and now that churches are beginning to emerge and saying, hey, <laughs> can we help? You know, can we help you think through what's been going on? Can we um, revive any of the activities that you used to do around science and faith? Can we do some things in person even? Yes, I mean, there's certainly the amount of um, work, the way I think every organisation, whether that's a, a big ministry or a um, a small church has had to, to ramp up to do stuff online to still do what it does but within the restrictions as you say has um, uh, it, it been a massive effort right across the board. Um, as far as the information about uh, the pandemic and the virus is concerned, do you think there has been um, a situation where some of the science has contributed to um, a, a fear, not faith uh, mindset within some people? Or do you think that it's been fairly balanced? I think everyone's reacted very differently. And certainly uh, with all the, all the restrictions and all the sort of news and daily updates and changes and this and that, everybody um, has found it quite difficult. Um, I'm very grateful um, for the scientific information that we've had been able to draw on. Obviously, there's a huge amount of um, then after that policy decisions, ethical decisions, value decisions. None of that is science in itself. So we need to remember that, that the science is uh, simply a set of tools that we use um, to find out things about the world. Um, and then after that, it's all, you know, it's, it's, your, it's your philosophy of life or your theology, your worldviews, your values that inform what you do with that data. Um, I think it has been valuable. I think people, I hope on the whole, have been able to see the process of science actually happening. You know, you start off by not knowing very much. Um, and then the more you find out, the more informed your decisions can become. And we're still only 18 months down the road from discovering this virus. So it'll be a couple more years um, before this is, you know, we actually, um, you know, scientists can be happy that they understand how it works. So um, I think we've been able to see and certainly I think some people are upset about that because people are having to make decisions based on very little scientific information and there was this feeling that the science is wrong <laughs> but actually what what's happening is that you know people are just discovering little bit by little bit what it is maybe it's this maybe it's that and it's unfortunate that it's not always the scientists themselves that get to communicate their science someone else says oh it's definitely this <laughs> when actually their academic paper says well maybe might possibly probably this <laughs> you know so there's a lot of communication going on and um, a lot of challenges and I think 
um, that one of the things that uh, the challenge for the church at the moment is to help people to take all the all the things that have been happening to them and all the all the trauma and the isolation and and everything that's been happening and just be able to uh, make sense of it um, as we can actually see each other again face to face as that begins to happen over the next few months. Yes, yeah. no, uh, absolutely. I mean, in, in a slightly um, a, a side question, if there are any younger Christians listening um, who perhaps are still at school or of you know thinking about sort of university going ahead, I, I guess in recent years there's been some concern that the sciences um, haven't attracted um, you know the number of people that they would have done. Um, originally, um, you know, in sort of days gone as far as, you know, kind of university goes. Do you think there's anything in terms of the exposure we've had to the science during the last 18 months that might help change that, that actually people uh, might think as they look at look ahead for careers that, that, that science could be something that um, they would like to go into and is compatible with a, a Christian faith? Well, well, I hope so. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not involved in her work with youth and schools, but um, I would hope that young people have been, um, been able to see the process of science um, happening in front of them, as it were, and to see the value of science happening. I mean, the other thing that's very much in people's minds is the whole issue of climate change and biodiversity loss, which is another huge area where science can inform what we do. And I would very much say to any uh, younger Christians that exploring God's world is always an incredible thing to do. Um, I remember when I was trying to make career decisions, trying to think about the right thing to do um, as a Christian. And I would say science is an absolutely fantastic place for a Christian to be, um, to be doing, you're celebrating all the things that God's made, uh, doing some very useful research in terms of taking care of people and the rest of creation. And also it's a great place to be able to um, demonstrate what it means to be a Christian. Um, you know, all the different challenges, all the different opportunities that you can take. Um, um, it's a great place um, to show what a difference following Jesus makes in your life. Yes, yes, amen. And uh, with that in mind, you're um, presenting a seminar in the seminar stream for this year's United Breaks Out called Sharing the Wonder. Can you tell me a little bit about um, the theme for that and um, areas that you'll be covering and exploring within that seminar? Yeah, so um, what I want to do is to um, help people to pause, take stock. I will talk a, a little bit about the, the, the exposure we've had to science through uh, this time of COVID pandemic. Um, and um, I'll tell some stories of scientists who experience wonder in the course of their work and uh, also give some ideas um, and topics that people can think about when they're having conversations with friends and family, colleagues, um, schoolmates, whatever, um, about science and faith. So, um, for example, that statistic that I did say, you know, 55% of biologists and physicists in the UK believing in God, um, you know, some of the, some introduce you to some scientists, working scientists, who are also people of faith. It's always great to have role models there. Um, and thinking a little bit about some theology of science. Why do we do it? What's it for? Thinking a little bit about the theology of of 
nature, the word that people would use to describe all those things that <laughs> um, out there that we didn't make. Um, yeah, and just trying to equip, equip us a little bit in our thinking to set some uh, foundations for conversations about science and faith going on. So if people want to contact or want to engage a little bit more with the work of um, the Faraday Institute, how can they do that, Ruth? If you uh, go online to faraday.institute slash newwine, uh, you'll find a page, um, not just with details about the seminar and my slides for that, but also some information that I've put there for attendees from New Wine to have a little look to introduce us and what we do in some of the resources you might enjoy. So that's faraday.institute forward slash newwine. And, and I'm guessing there's social media channels that um, Faraday Institute have as well, sort of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that Ye sort of thing. Yes. Well, for my particular ministry at Faraday, that would be at Faraday Churches. Great. So at Faraday Churches, is that, is that across um, the same uh, handle for Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter and Facebook, yeah. Great. Lovely. Finally, Ruth, um, how can people listening to this pray for you, pray for the Faraday Institute? Are there any uh, current needs or ongoing needs that you'd appreciate intercessory prayer for? Yeah, I think at the moment, just wisdom um, going forward. We're all trying to figure out what to do in this slightly hybrid world, this slightly in-between stage of um, COVID still being around, but things opening up. So uh, just just wisdom. And I think like all of us, uh, stamina, stamina to keep going after a uh, a, uh, a tricky 18 months um, and uh, yeah going going forward uh, serving the church in whatever way we can great I'm sure uh, people will be very pleased to do that uh, as um, as a result of listening to this and um, in the days and, and weeks to come uh, Ruth Bansevich from the Faraday Institute of Science and Religion in Cambridge thank you so much for joining me to chat and God bless you local churches changing nations this is New Wine. Well, that's it for today's episode of the New Wine FM Breaks Out podcast. We will be back again tomorrow, where we'll be speaking to Emma from Open Doors, Jay from BRF, and some more Uniters from across the country. If you do want to get in touch, please do. You can email us on newwinefm at gmail.com Find us on Twitter at New Wine FM or call our message line on 0300 302 3203 and we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and we hope you can join us again tomorrow. You've been listening to a podcast from New Wine FM. For more information, visit new-wine.org forward slash breaks out.